Hey guys, what is up? This is Bud Elliott with the Nolcast, and this is your instant reaction, unfortunately, to the first FSU loss of the season, Wake Forest 31 and the Knolls 21. FSU falls to 4-1 and one on the season, and uh, just a kind of a disappointing day. Can't say from start to finish because they actually did have a nice, uh, nice start to the game with that opening touchdown drive. Uh, but certainly after that, things went downhill pretty quickly. Uh, Ingram did a nice job on the preview, kind of going through our thoughts on the ball game. I really appreciate him doing that. So we'll talk about a couple things that we expected to see, a couple things we did not expect to see, and, and you know, a couple, uh, couple bright spots, a couple potential worries going forward. But ultimately, this team was better this year because – I thought good offensive coaching and overall better talent. However, when you're down this many guys, and by that I mean, you know, you you don't have Bless Harris, you don't have Caden Lyles, you don't have Robert Scott on the offensive line, you don't have Winston Wright as far as like a game breaker speedster type on the outside. You know, we got the car crash. You don't have Fabian Lovett. You don't have a 100% healthy or really even close to it, apparently, Jared Verse, right? You don't have enough difference makers, in my opinion, to expect to beat Wake Forest or the better teams in this league without those guys. And without those guys, you are not one of the you know top third teams in this league. You are basically what you were last year on a lot of spots on the roster. Now, there are, have been improvements. Certainly, Jordan Travis is one of those. The running back room is better. Heck, a whole lot of positions are better. Receivers better, you know. It, is this offensive line better than what you had last year without three starters? I I don't think so, right? And we could say, oh, they, they haven't had Lyles and they haven't had, had Harris for weeks. That's fair. They still don't have them. They still spent scholarships on those spots, and they don't have those guys. So, Anyway, let's get into this. Appreciate Louisiana Hot Sauce Tarpon Sellers, of course, sponsors of the show, as well as Legendary Team, Congruity, uh, Prize Picks, Charlie Park. You guys do a really great job. We just had the best September that we have ever had download-wise. So really appreciate y'all hanging with us. And, and look, no doubt, part of it was that you guys were actually excited to have something to, to cheer for again, as opposed to you know, the, the last couple of years. But let's go back first to the instant reaction I did after the Louisville game. And I said, guys, we really don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen going forward. Kind of played worst case, best case. I said, worst case, you have a really good shot at making a bowl, even if Travis was hurt and Verse was hurt and Scott was hurt, you know, and, and love it. And we didn't really know to the extent Bethune was. After that, all, all those type type questions that, that you had. Okay. And and best case, you had a shot to maybe win your division. If things really fell apart around you, I mean, other teams, and you took care of business uh, and got remarkably healthy. Honestly, you're, you're somewhere in the middle. When Ingram and I redid our projections the other day, 
we didn't bump NC State and Clemson very much because we didn't feel like you could handle those teams along the lines of scrimmage. Now, we bumped them a little bit because NC State had looked pretty bad on offense compared to what we thought they would be in the preseason. But to me, that that's kind of where this starts, right? So on the day, 393 yards, 6.2 per play, but just you, you are not competitive ACC caliber players right now at the tackle position. You got some quality play, I thought, at, at, at times, from Jazz and Turn team against LSU. Um, but tonight you also saw some some pretty bad stretches there. And you saw probably the reason why he was intriguing when, when you decided to use your last transfer spot on him. A, a move that, by the way, I don't disagree with. I think it helped you win the LSU game. So it's a good take. Uh, but also you saw the reasons why he got benched on a bad offensive line at South Carolina. So that's a problem. Those guys just gave up a lot of pressure, a lot of blown assignments. Washington, a little bit less so. He's just not physically there, in, in my opinion, right? Maybe next year, if he's able to get a real offseason, recall he was hurt in spring. But you're you're just kind of up against it right now. I don't think you have much else as far as an option for who you can play at those tackle spots. If you were in the stands today or in the press box, you saw Robert Scott you know, dress out and go through warm-ups. Did he look close to y'all? Eh, not, not to anybody who saw it. Not, not, not in my opinion. So that's problematic, right? It means you're probably, I, mean, I don't want to, I'm guessing here, but it would be very impressive if he can get back in the lineup by your Clemson game next week. I, I would be, I'd be surprised if he can get back and be effective by that game. Maybe he can. Who knows? So, I, that's to me one of the one of the areas where, where this game was lost. You you were just non-competitive at those tackle spots. It, it is messing up too many plays. You just have too many plays that are kind of DOA right now. Um, and you hate to just throw it all in that, but. If that's who you're going to roll with out there, there's some teams you just probably can't beat. But you know what? If you had told me that's who you're going to roll with against LSU, I would have probably picked LSU. And you kind of did roll with those guys. And you, you had Scott, not Washington, but you, you did have to use turn team. So anyway, just, just frustrating on the day for sure. Um, if you look at, at FSU in terms of their explosiveness, they actually had a pretty good number of explosive plays on the day, right? I mean, big plays, passing yards, right? I mean, you go 25, 16, 25, 18, 24, 24 again, 15, 17, 28, 15. Rushing-wise, though, 30, 10, 16, 10. So a real inability to run the football overall. Treshawn Ward had some nice runs. Some of that was at the end of the game when I think Wake Forest was sort of conceding the run uh, in exchange for running the clock a little bit, but not not all. I mean, he he runs hard. Uh, you know, Trey Benson four carries for ten yards. Toe Philly five for thirteen, and Jordan Travis uh, six carries for two yards. Now he only had one sack in this game. It was uh, for a seven yard loss. 
So if you take that away, I mean, you're looking at five carries for nine yards. People were asking us on Twitter at the Nolcast, at Nolcast, obviously, why wasn't Jordan Travis taken off with the football? And there's a play um, in the third quarter that I think you probably see that he doesn't have the same juice right now that he had before the injury against Louisville. It, it's a rollout, and he ultimately ends up throwing in the end zone. It's it's incomplete, not not picked off. But um, I think he had a room to run it, and he just kind of didn't. I don't know if he reached back for and didn't have that gear or or what, but just didn't seem to have it. So this is a, a pretty banged-up football team right now, one that I think believed it had a chance to win the game, but things were going to have to go right for it to do so. And, you know, let's think about this. Wake Forest is a team that took Clemson to overtime last week. They have not lost aside from that. Um, in prior years, you probably get like blown out, blown out here. If you have all those injuries, it speaks to the job that, you know, the staff and, you know, your, your recruiting side of the staff as well have done amping up the roster, making it better to where you can survive some injuries, but you just didn't play well enough today to win. And I don't really know. I'm not really sure Wake played its its best game either, right? Like that that's kind of the scary part here to me. So continuing with the offense, struggled to get the ball over the top to, to actually get the the big, big play. I, I thought that was something Wake did pretty good. They they really you didn't you never hit the bomb on the on them. You hit you hit some big ones, but you didn't hit the the one that was like 75 yards, uh, which doesn't happen every game, but still it's something to watch. Third down was a struggle. I mean, four of 11 on third down. The problem, though, is some of the distances of these third downs, I thought, were were challenging, right? So you had a real leverage issue today. And I'm going to read these off. I know people, some people do and some people do not like when I just read stuff off on the show. All right. Remember, a passing down is third and five or more. Third and six, third and nine, third and 13, third and six, third and six, third and 10, third and four, third and six, third and 19, third and seven, third and 15. I think this this accurately shows what I'm talking about here. FSU had a really bad leverage day. They did not stay ahead of the chains at all. And a lot of it was because of your offensive line play. Just mistakes, false starts, which look, even if you're a backup, you want to try to avoid that. But just getting physically beat, not appearing to know who to block at times, which maybe that's on the player, maybe that's on coaching. My guess is if you're missing three or five starters for a group that's been historically terrible, or just not historically terrible like the worst of all time, but just recently poor, um, if you're down that many guys, you have this type of game in you. And probably worse, to be honest. But, I mean, to have... One third down out of 11 be a, a standard down as opposed to a passing down really kind of tells the tale there. It, Wake Forest was able to, to pin their ears back. You were not able to run some of your play action stuff nearly as well on that. You only converted four of them, right? You converted the uh, uh, the, the third and six, converted the third and seven, both with uh, with you know balls to, to running backs, Benson and Toa Philly, respectively. 
and then you had the uh, the fourth, you know, third and four, you converted to you know, Deuce Span, and then third and six uh, converted to Treshawn. This is interesting. FSU did not convert a third down tonight. I just realized this actually live on air. You just kind of saw me look at this. FSU did not convert a third down tonight with a pass to a receiver. It's pretty nuts. Hmm. Just something to look about, something to think about. 281 yards in the air, 112 on the ground. You know, your sack adjusted rushing again, 4.4, but it doesn't really tell the tale when you're 28 for 112 and you have a 30 yarder in there, right? And I think three other 10 yarders, uh, your you know, your average rush or your median rush rather was was rather poor. <clears throat> All right, so on the other side of the football, just a a poor start for the defense. I mean, you're you're looking at a wake team that comes out. Their first five drives before the half are 11, 80, 90, 39 for a touchdown, by the way, because that was off of a fumble. Uh, but you know, still, you'd like to force a field goal at some point, as Ingram said in the preview. You're going to have to win some red zone stuff. You're probably not going to stop Wake from moving the football. And uh, you didn't do that. You didn't force field goal attempts from Wake. You just let them score touchdowns all the time. So, uh, anyway, 11, 80, 90, 34, or 39, 54, and then the half. And then coming out of the half, 75 yards. Now, look, after that, Wake had three drives, and you did a pretty good job on that. 12, or negative 12, rather, 6, 66. But, like, the median drive, so Wake had nine drives in this game that were not, you know, like halftime type kneel down stuff. The median drive for FSU. So that means like the one if you're if you're listing them all out, the middle one that FSU's defense allowed was I think 39 yards or no 54 yards. That's great. That that just that that's gonna get you beat. You just did not get stops defensively today. And look, there are all kinds of reasons for that too, defensively. We talked about this on the Monday show. I didn't, wasn't on there for the preview, but we, we did talk about this. We said, hey, you have not really faced a good passing attack yet. LSU is not a good passing attack. And, you know, um, Louisville, not really a good passing attack. Boston College, certainly not. By the way, shout out to BC today for, for taking down Louisville. That was that was pretty impressive. Good, good for those guys. I feel like they've been almost as, or probably more banged up did FSU has been when you consider the cluster impact and the graduation losses they had. All right. So you just, you didn't get stops at all. And this is just, this is bad. Now we can point to this and we could say, Hey, on, on the positive side, you did a good job of preventing explosive plays, right? You know, that was, that was impressive. You did not allow a pass over 22 yards. You only allowed one rush over 15 yards. However, Wake Forest did uh, stay ahead of the chains much better than you did. I'm going to read these off. Recall about five minutes ago, we talked about what FSU's third downs look like. Wake Forest third down distance is faced. Remember, you want to be in four or less. Five's kind of that middle ground. One, 12, two, three, one, two, four, eight, seven, one, 11, 13, 16. It's good. 4, 11, 6, 10, 5, 2. That's not bad. 
if you're Wake Forest. If you're FSU's defense, that's pretty terrible, right? No wonder Wake Forest was 10 of 18 on third down. They they had easy third downs all game. So you don't have Lovett. You don't have Verse for most of the game. You are not able to really put a ton of pressure on Sam Hartman, especially early. Now, later in the game, you did you changed some things up. And I'm going to be interested to see exactly what they were doing on the back end. Uh, but you know, to me, that was pretty impressive from Wake consistently moving the ball on this defense. And you had a lot of guys that were very open. But you also saw some good, like some very good contested catches for which Wake deserved credit. I, I guess they deserve credit for having the guys who are open too. But they just consistently stayed ahead of the chains all night. I don't see the difference makers for this defense right now. Like, you saw Clemson lose to them because Clemson secondary, or not lose to them, but, but go to overtime. Because Clemson secondary was just an absolute disaster that day. They had a bunch of freshmen playing. But Clemson at least had some difference makers up front. FSU right now, they don't have that. Now, they got four sacks. I think part of that was because Hartman just got so comfortable in the pocket later on in that game, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm good, right? Like, FSU is not going to get to me. They they had a real hard time stopping A.T. Perry. I mean, 11 targets, eight catches, 91 yards, um, 22 total total passes, you know, completed 34 total attempt, 234. That's just like, that's not going to wow anybody, 234 on 34. But the success rate on those throws, especially on third downs, was was super high. And they they converted almost every one that they had they had to have. There's the the real, there, was, there were two I thought that were extremely tough plays that FSU actually played. Yeah, I, I, I guess the one is not a good play, right? But the, the one Renardo Green just gets, he just gets barely beat. Like that's a great play by the way, Forest receiver. You know, the the other one, I mean, I don't know. Like did, I guess you could say you won the, tra- the 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 corner swap with Louisville because you you did expose Brownlee pretty good, right? In that, that Friday night game and and you threw it over him to to you know win the game. But um you know ultimately not super effective players for, for, for either team at their new locations. Uh, next couple of weeks might be tough. Yeah, I, I, I guess let's talk about this. All right. FSU schedule coming up. Go to Clemson. Or excuse me. Week. You host Clemson. You go to NC State. All right. And then you get a bye. And then you get to reset. And Georgia Tech comes to town. And then you got to go to Miami. And then you got to go to Syracuse. And then you host Louisiana, who, as of, as of this taping, is losing by multiple scores at home to South Alabama. So Louisiana might be might be that bad. Number one goal right now is to make sure that you get to a bowl, that you don't backslide big time. If you end up at four and three, you need to realize everybody in their right mind would have accepted four and three going into the second bye week, entering the season, okay? And if I told you that you'd have Travis dinged up a couple times, you had to play Rodemaker for the second half of the Louisville game, you'd have Robert Scott miss multiple games now, you'd have Lovett miss multiple games and maybe more, uh, you'd have Jared Verse, you know, miss a good bit of time. Um, you know, you'd lose Harris and Lyles within the first, you know, week of games, right? 
and everybody, you would take four and three and run and hide and say, no, no finders keepers, no, no give backs. To me, that's kind of the, where I'm at with this thing, right? Was it a disappointing effort? Sure. It was no, no doubt, but the team is still, I think playing hard. I think they're frustrated. You don't have difference makers in a lot of spots now, or at least you don't have competent players in some spots where you normally have them. And I think some guys who are behind them are pressing, right? Uh, so that's difficult. I mean, to me, though, they are still playing hard. Like Pittman hustling for that fumble, I thought that was big, right? Um, you just have some weak spots in this team that are going to that, that are going to be exploited by the better teams out there right now until you get healthy. Uh, end of half sequence. I don't know. I want to go watch it and, and, and listen to what Mike says about it. Kicking game right now, you really haven't been in a close game where it cost you, right? Maybe you won't play any close games. Maybe you just go for, go for more fourth downs, and, and once you get past the 50, maybe you just play it like, hey, we, we need to go for it every time. That's certainly possible, but it does uh, it does make me wonder, man, kind of what, uh, what they're going to do there with the kicking game because uh, – more bad misses today, and, and the broadcast reported there was no injury, just uh, just no confidence. So, um, yeah, Ingram did text me uh, his thoughts on this since it was my turn to do this. All right, Let's see here. Oh. Uh, he said, hey, man, uh, nice response in the second half, but in complete agreement with you that at this point, your tackles are, are going to put a ceiling on what you can do slash which games you can be competitive in. Prize picks wise, uh, Ingram had a really nice week on prize picks. He said uh, uh, Jordan fantasy score over, which hit, and Pittman reception number over. So uh, nice, uh, nice shots by him in the preview. Look, I don't know when you're going to get Love It back. I think it's encouraging that Verse played today. Is it encouraging that Scott went through warmups? I think so. Like, I don't know if he's going to be back next week. I don't know if he's going to play against NC State. Maybe you let him take it to the bye week. You're, it's physically at the lines of scrimmage. It is not impossible, but difficult to, for, for me to see this team winning right now. Right. So, you know, I mean, that is kind of concerning. If you let him take it to the bye week, maybe he heals up a little bit more. Who knows? And you got some winnable games there. Georgia Tech is winnable. Miami is potentially winnable. Now, you'll probably be an underdog if you do lose the next two, which is not a given, but it's possible. Maybe probable. Um, Syracuse is certainly winnable. ULL at home is winnable, and Florida is also winnable at this point. So, yeah. I think this is mainly on players, Okay. Defensively, we can talk about some of the defensive coaching stuff, but I mean, Wake scored thirty-one. Ultimately, that's not that's not really the end of the world. They they do that to to better defenses than FSU. So anyway, uh, I wouldn't get too too bit out of shape about this one. I think it's just you're running out of dudes who are difference makers, and at some spots you're running out of guys who are competent players. We'll have to see if this coaching staff can. Can work some kind of miracle. Any win in the next two weeks would be just so huge if, if they can pull it off. But 
yeah, running high, get to the bye week, and we'll see what you can do. So we'll join you guys again on Monday. I'll talk to you soon.